With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Tuesday, August 30th, and we are here deep in the month trying to make sense of whatever is going on in your financial life. And when I say we are here, we're not actually physically here. Mark, and on August 30th, you will be in Paris? No, August 30th, I will I will have just arrived home. Oh, God willing, you should arrive home with bags. Are you going to check bags? You have to, right? Yeah, there's no way around it. You know, I think the problem might be getting the bags coming home, but that I can deal with as long as they're there when we arrive in Europe. Just pack enough in your overnight, in your, uh, you know, in your carry on that you can get through a day or two. Like, cause I know some people whose luggage was lost and it did come pretty quickly. So it just, you need a day that you can survive. Meanwhile, this is the program that takes the mystery out of your financial life. It also attempts to maybe just put you on a more secure footing in your financial life. And maybe that's all you really need. If so, give us a holler. Just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. Let's bang out some emails. This is from Andrew. And the question is, what is the contribution limit if I'm contributing to a Roth 401k and a traditional pre-tax 401k in the same year? I changed jobs mid-year. I now have a Roth. I'm over 50. I switched jobs mid-year. And my previous employer offered only a traditional, and now I've got Roth and traditional. Okay, you ready for this? You're over the age of 50. The limit, $20,500. That's what you can do, either if it's pre-tax or Roth, it does not matter. That's $20,500 is the limit. Because you're over 50, you can put in an additional $6,500. So you can put in a total of $27,000 this year. That's it. Okay. And it's not different. It doesn't, you can put, you know, part of that can be Roth, part of it can be pre-tax, but 27, that's your total. Look at this last bit, Mark. He says, I also, this is a little extra just, you know, in case I didn't have enough to worry about with your statutory limits, I need to figure out whether to liquidate my brokerage account to pay for my daughter's PhD or make her get loans. Mark, I mean, uh, I'm going to go with, 
I don't know anything about the situation, but usually PhDs do not require out of pocket. That's usually, I think, Andrew, that that's usually paid for. It's a master's, I think, that sometimes you have to put out of pocket, but no, let her pay for it. Let's see how you can do it with your own retirement. And how about you send me all of your numbers and then we determine what you should do next around helping her out. Okay, good. Okay, this is from Ross. He writes, Jill and Mark, big fan here. Thanks for all you do. Just listen to the July 18th episode, Helping Mom as She Transitions to Long-Term Care. This one was very much like what some older friends of ours are going through right now. They just moved to a senior living facility in the Bay Area. Okay, she's around 90. He's 96. He's a World War II Navy vet. They are two of the nicest people on the planet. After income from existing annuities and Social Security, they are about $4,000 a month short. However, they sold their home where they lived for 60 years. They've got proceeds of about $700,000 sitting in savings. They've been talking to family and a financial planner who is steering them towards an annuity. Ah, that hurts me. And getting some varying advice, of course. They asked me what I thought. My suggestion was to put fifty dollars to $100,000 in checking and savings, put the rest in a simple CD ladder, maybe into thirds, one, two, three-year CDs, revisit in a year. Would you do anything different or have other suggestions? I didn't indicate that I'd be willing to come on the show only because I don't have all the answers to the questions I know you're going to ask. However, I think you both would very much enjoy talking to him. I know he would love talking to you, but I'm not so sure how they'd feel about revealing details. Okay. Here's what I think, Ross. You're absolutely right. There is absolutely no reason that I would put a 90 or 96-year-old's money in an annuity. I mean, it's hard to believe that anybody with a brain would actually come up with that as an idea. It's a terrible idea. It's an absolutely horrible idea because we don't know what the needs are going to be. We don't know whether they're going to need something else. And you keep it simple. Yes, a CD ladder is all they need. No to annuities. Happy to talk to them. Uh, Yvonne says, I read in a column you recently wrote the ability to make a QCD once you reach 70 and a half and you could withdraw exempt from tax as long as you direct to the, the financial institution, wherever your IRA is, to make the payment directly to the qualified charity. Is this QCD uh, available even though RMDs, required minimum distributions, don't kick in until age 72? Just wanted to clarify and be sure. Yes, Yvonne, my God. Let me just say, you, you have to love the IRS. QCDs remain at 70 and a half, even though the age changed for required minimum distributions. I bet that's going to change, Mark. I actually think the QCD is such a great deal. I cannot believe it's still available. I really don't. I, I mean, it, it, it would, it's shocking to me that somehow or other this is available because it's like, it's such a beautiful tool that really is only helpful to rich people. I mean, I, I'm happy to have it. It's great. While it's here and legal, I'm still going to require, I'm going to still going to recommend that people consider it, but it's great. It's a great deal. That 70 and a half. Deborah, 67, single, divorced, own my own home and two condos in Puerto Rico. Oh my God. $73,000 mortgage on one of those condos. Deborah has $800,000 in real estate, no car payments. 
$3,700 from a divorce settlement till I die. So she must mean $3,700 a month. And when he dies, she gets seven, $7,400 a month or more. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about this because it's sort of the ex thing. He said he's 67 and in bad health. She's got 220 grand in cash in the bank. She doesn't take social security yet. She pays alimony of $1,500 a month. This is an interesting thing. I wonder if this is because there's a pension and she gets the pension and she pays alimony. I wonder if that's how it works. Anyway, her income was over $135,000 over the last six years. She's now semi-retired. Income looks like to be about $100,000 a year. And she says, should I take Social Security at 68? Um, her Social Security would be about $2,600. Her net income from the rentals is about $12,000 a year. And she says she lives there in the winter. So gross income, $7,300 a month with Social Security. I live frugally. I've paid my real estate off. And do I need to do something with my cash? Okay, so what's the question here? Can I retire? Yeah, why not? But I tell you, eight hundred grand in real estate and twelve grand a year in, in rental income. It's something's going on there. I think she's not renting it out full time because she's saying she's living in one of these. I, I'm wondering, can one of these properties go? That's number one. Maybe you should get rid of the one with the mortgage. I I don't know why have two. It looks like you should be able to do this. Okay, so your gross income of seventy three hundred dollars a month. You're a little short, right? You need a hundred grand in a year. You're close and you can use some money, but boy, you either have to get more money out of your rental or you got to sell one of the properties. That's when I think it works better. If we're missing something, let us know. This one, last question of the day from Yvette, who's been enjoying our podcast for the better part of the year. She says, I love how you give advice based on the individual needs. And here's the situation for Yvette. I turned 69 years old this past May. My husband will turn 67 in September. We're both retired. We've got two grown and independent children. Hooray. No parents to assist anymore. No debt other than the mortgage. Okay. House is worth a million bucks. Mortgage payment is $3,800 a month. The balance is 86 grand. That's funny. So you're at the very end. The house will be paid off in January of 2025. Last year, I inherited half ownership of a rental property that's valued at a million dollars. Oh my God. No mortgage on the property. Our total annual income from the rent is $44,000. We each take $12,000 as income. We leave the balance in a shared bank account for maintenance and repair. That's smart. No plans at this time to move into this property in the future. Okay. They get pensions totaling about $5,000 a year. So small pensions. We have been planning to take Social Security when we turn 70. And when I turn 70, I'll receive about $35,000 a year, and my husband will receive $41,000 in 2025. Okay, so they've got a bunch of money that they have saved. It looks like an IRA with about $900,000, a Roth with $60,000, another IRA with $1.6 million. Oh my God, there's a whole bunch of money here. Okay. Our challenge is what sources of income should we rely on for the next two and a half years after which the mortgage payment will be history? Also, should we be doing Roth conversions as we will jump quite a bit in income in 2027 when we receive the additional income from our required minimum distributions and social security tax? Should we take social security now? This past year, we were in the 12% bracket. We had some cash inheritance 
was considering buying one or two I-bonds for 10 grand each. Okay. Let's take a deep breath here. First of all, you've got a whole bunch of IRA accounts. You've got there's one here that I just like want to point out to you. There's, there's a California tax-free bond fund with a million dollars in it. So what I would do right now is some of that money, Mark, how do you feel about like, let's whack this mortgage off and be done with it? There's no way they're getting any benefit from the mortgage anymore. There's two choices for the mortgage. One is that you could take the money, you could, you could, Potentially, right? You're, we're talking about that. You need how much? Eighty? How much left on that mortgage? It's uh, eighty-six thousand. Okay, so and they're in the twelve percent bracket right now. I think you should just take money out of one of your traditional retirement accounts. I would pull the money out this year, and I would put myself up into instead of being converting assets, just use those assets. So what I would do is you don't need to stay in the 12% bracket. You're going to, you know, it's okay. You're not, I think it's going to be hard for you to stay in the, in the 12. The maximum for married filing jointly in the 22% is 178,000. If you were in the 12% bracket, you were under 83,000. So what I would do is I would take uh, about 80, let's take $90,000 out of one of these IRA accounts this year, pay the 22% tax fine, not a problem, and pay off your mortgage. And next year, I would start using the money from your IRA accounts and use that money to, you know, kind of float you for anything big. I don't think you're going to have a problem. You you need ten or $11,000 a month to live comfortably. Well, you're going to have a good bunch of income here. So I don't think you should do Roth conversions. I don't think that you need to take social security now. I think you should be happy to be in the the 22% bracket for a little bit here. If you need to take any extra money out to live on to make up that difference right now, take it out of your retirement accounts. You're, and that's instead of converting, just use those assets. That's it. That's it for the program. It's the end of August. One more day. And I hope that you all are excited about starting the school year. You know, Mark, a lot of these schools start in August in some parts of the country. It's a little bit much for me. I sort of feel like everyone needs to, I think that we could just sort of all agree September 15th would be a great time to start. You know, just like, let me get, let me get, that's not going to happen. In New York, they do what the, uh, it's usually the Tuesday after Labor Day, right? For the public schools. This year it's Thursday, September 8th. All right. So you got a couple days off. So that's what you. Oh, is that why we don't have uh, that? We're putting all of our shows in the can until September 8th. No, um, that's that's because those are the dates that you gave me. <laughs> oh, who knew? I probably gave you the wrong thing. All right. That's it. That's the show. Thank you so much for listening and keep those questions coming. Just go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the contact us button. Please join us. It's so much more fun when you join us, although Mark and I like talking to each other as well subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and check out all the great content on our website jillonmoney.com that's it that's the show so please do something nice for someone else today grit growth grace thank you for listening we'll talk to you tomorrow do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society 
in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students. 